This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. In today's episode, we're going to continue the discussion of the beating of two men by at least four others on the streets of Columbus across from the Trotter Convention Center on Market Street. The title of this episode is, Did It All Start at the Princess? The beating that occurred on Main Street of two men by four others on November 10th slash 11th was not over pumpkins. Not at all. Furthermore, all parties involved apparently knew each other and started their evening together, allegedly, at the Princess Theater, owned by Bart William Lawrence. In a previous episode, I discussed following a blood trail from the Princess Bar entry at the Old Steve's Cafe up the street, where the blood was found in the Princess entryway on the window and window sills and on the marble under the window. Droplets could then be traced up the sidewalk to a big splatter at the corner of College and Market right in front of the WCBI building, its north, northwest corner. The blood continued in the College Street crosswalk and then in front of the old dime store on their black and white tiles and then continued on the sidewalk with dribbles in front of Huck's restaurant and then larger blood spatter was found in front of the old Pryor's store building. The bulk of the blood was found across from the Trotter Center across Main Street in front of a hairdresser and bookstore. This final area is where the beating of the two men is alleged to have happened by the four men observed by two women. So what exactly happened and why? Was it over pumpkin decorations? Per the decorators at Main Street and the store owners with their own fall decorations, none of their pumpkins were missing. Further, there was no evidence of pumpkins or the remnants found in the street on the sidewalks, or on business fronts. If the fight wasn't about vandalism, what exactly was it about? Where and why did it start? How did they all get home, if so overserved and so drunk? Furthermore, who drove? According to multiple people present at the Princess Bar that night, the six-plus men and two or more women had all been there drinking together. All were friends and had been for some time. The four who beat the other two had been friends since childhood and played ball together, etc. at New Hope. At some point, the men left to party elsewhere. Somewhere along the way, words were exchanged, first in play and later it allegedly escalated. It apparently escalated into a fight where one man, Dietrich Jefferson was beaten and stomped so severely he has required eight hours of surgery and so far with more to possibly follow. It took several days for arrests to be made in the case. The first arrest was Brody Kaiser, the nephew of Lowndes County Youth Court Judge Allison Kaiser. The second was Peyton Buckner. And third was Robert Cole Ivy. The latter two turned themselves in to law enforcement. All were arrested and charged with two counts of aggravated assault with extreme indifference to life. 
their bonds were set at $150,000, meaning roughly $1,500 would send them home. A fourth person is still to be identified, but is alleged to be a close family member of Kaiser's. The getaway car, so to speak, was allegedly driven by another New Hope friend who has been named by witnesses as possibly Carson Forrester. He Has he been questioned? Is he the actual suspect? Uh, it's kind of amazing how often his name is mentioned by people who were at the princess that night. Kaiser, Buckner, and Ivy all grew up in New Hope. Kaiser's family is quite well off and the owners of a concrete construction-related company. Peyton Buckner's father works for the Columbus Light and Water Department. Peyton did work for Four County at one point. It is not clear if he still is employed there. Kaiser's family has allegedly hired a high-priced defense attorney from Jackson now. Buckner's family has hired a local crackshot high-priced defense attorney. And then there's Cole. Cole Ivy worked or did work at a sawmill. He has now lost his job after sitting in jail for a week, waiting to make bail. Since it took him longer to raise the bail money, he lost his job at that mill. Cole and Kaiser both have young children, apparently. Kaiser's family have the resources to help him and his child through his legal issues. And if he gets a potential 20-year sentence, it is assumed they would continue to help raise that child. Buckner has an extensive family and has hired Rod Ray, I believe is his name, to help him. But Ivy does not have that extensive family with extensive funds. Ivy's mother is a retired school teacher and his father is deceased. He is the one most likely to be left holding the bag in this entire affair. And he will be left to scrape by with no job, no prospects, and a public defender. If he's smart, he'll turn evidence and tell everything he can on the other two and hope for probation or ankle monitoring rather than a 20-year stint at Parchman. Kaiser's aunt, now a judge, used to be in practice with Tim Hudson. Hudson's daughter is an attorney in the prosecutor's office for Lowndes County. Now, this is when it gets interesting. For now, let's get back to the source of the incident, the princess. One of the victims, John, was allegedly not supposed to be at the princess, as he had allegedly been banned for inappropriate comments to a bartender or maybe fighting. I've heard both stories, and the stories change depending on the source. All six young men had been buying each other drinks through the evening. They left, fought, and someone a bloodied someone came back to the princess for help. Either help to get to the hospital or help to get their seriously injured friend to the hospital. Did they help them? Did the Princess Theater employees open the door and help? No one says and no one knows for sure what happened at the princess before the fight or after. There are cameras at the princess. They should provide answers if the cameras were actually operating at the time. There are also cameras on 5th at 3rd Avenue that point directly at the princess doors. There's another one at College, Maine, and 2nd North. These cameras together should reveal a significant amount of information 
on the sequence of events and should clear up a lot of misinformation associated with this event. It should also reveal the identity of the fourth assailant as well as the driver of the car. Some of this footage should be released to the public so the public can help ID the fourth assailant as well as the two young women involved. The film from the princess should be in police hands to create a more complete picture of events and their sequences. As of Tuesday afternoon, the 15th of November, after the event, the bar's owner had still allegedly not been approached, per his own words, by law enforcement to provide them any recordings. Since the suspects, Ivy and Buckner, turned themselves in, there has been no further reports on the crime, neither on TV nor in the press, nor on the police Facebook page. So, how are the two victims? Has the fourth suspect been arrested? Have the detectives spoken to, to employees and the owner at the princess? My, quest my questions about the princess's involvement on Facebook and on my podcast have resulted in threats, both real and implied, levied at me for asking difficult questions, as recent as today. I find those threats compelling me to dig deeper for the truth. I presume, based on such visceral pushback from these women and initially from the owner, that something did happen first and possibly last at the princess. When folks are so quick to blame the victims, one of whom was, was beaten almost to death, and to come after me for being curious about finding out what really happened, I become more determined than ever to find the truth. The young man, Dietrich, was injured most severely. His jaw was broken, allegedly, on both sides of his face, requiring extensive surgery. He can't return to work for an undetermined amount of time due to his injuries. His expenses for his medical care are growing while his regular bills are going unpaid due to his return-to-work timeline being in such limbo. But we can help. We can show Dietrich that the actions of these four men do not define our community. If you can help, a fund has been set up at Cadence Bank. Care of Dietrich, D-E-T-R-I-C-H, Darnell, D-A-R-N-E-L-L, Jefferson, J-E-F-F-E-R-S-O-N, fund number 4534, 803 Main Street, Columbus, Mississippi, 39701. Let's show Dietrich's family there are still good people in this community, and let's keep asking hard questions of the Princess Theater, law enforcement, and continue to remind all of them that sunlight truly is the best disinfectant.